Good morning. Pastor Jim again from Alliance Calvary Assembly. And it's fun to greet you. Here we are three weeks into the COVID pandemic and uh, here in uh, central or actually western Nebraska. And we haven't really been hit much yet. It's about an hour away, the nearest couple cases. And uh, but we're all kind of feeling like it's a tsunami on its way, right? I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. A um, couple things. Um, we're going to actually uh, take virtual communion in about 15, 20 minutes when I'm done sharing a few things out of the Word. And I don't know if you can see over here or not, but we've got uh, some communion elements. And Richard, uh, my uh, cameraman, and I are going to uh, take communion. And we want to invite you to take communion with us. So if you want to do that, and you can do that, put it on pause for a second. And go look in your kitchen and try to find some kind of juice and maybe a piece of bread or a cracker or something. And then at the end of uh, our, our time sharing, we're going to take communion together, which I'm really excited to do because I really believe it's, it's uh, God does something powerful and supernatural as we take those elements together and uh, take the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus into us. And then the other thing I want to mention uh, is just that this is Palm Sunday. And right, and, and that's all about the triumphal entry. Do you know what that's all about? Because you really need to understand that. Okay, I encourage you to open your Bibles and look at the end of the Gospels where Jesus is coming into Jerusalem to face the cross. This is the last time, really, that he's coming into Jerusalem. He's been on this journey where he set his face like a flint, and he's coming in now and facing the cross. and. And, and this thing where he gets on the donkey and rides in and they throw the palm branches down and their clothes down in front of him and so on. And, and, and all the people are claiming him, saying, Hosanna to the, the son of David. They're proclaiming him king. And yet what happens just a few days later? We know what happens. And so I encourage you, this is a great time to reflect and meditate on those scriptures. And the, the reason I brought that up is that I was thinking how Jesus felt, the stress that he must have uh, been tempted to take upon himself to know what he was going to be enduring in just a few days' time. And it reminded me that here we are in western Nebraska, and we see what's going on in New York, and it's heading towards us, right? It's hitting all these big cities in particular, and we're just wondering, we see this tsunami wave coming, What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my loved ones? And, and, uh, and in a sense, we are like Jesus facing the cross. We are facing a cross that's we're coming towards or it's coming towards us. And so I just wanted you to realize that we can actually look at Jesus and see how he faced that coming catastrophe. Where he would actually endure the, 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 everything that happened. I don't want to go into detail right now for lack of time. So anyway, be thinking about that this week as we enter that Easter Sunday. Next week, we will be celebrating the other side of the cross. I'm really excited about that. So thankful for the other side of the cross. You know, we will never know and experience and appreciate resurrection until we are willing to embrace and endure the cross. Okay, but this morning I want to talk from one verse. I know. I never talk for more than one verse, but we're, we're working from one verse, okay? And Isaiah 26, verse 20 is a verse that I actually read way back when I was a new believer, and it really impacted me. I just kept thinking, this is very significant about the end times. 
This is something why I, I really need to get into my spirit. So let me read this, okay, from Isaiah 26, verse 20. I'm reading from the New King James Version right here. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut the door behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment till the indignation is past. Wow. Did you hear that? It's powerful. And I really believe as we look at this verse, it's going to give us some real insights and how we can deal with this coronavirus pandemic, how we can face this coming tsunami, how we can surf these waves, okay? So let's look quickly, seven things. And I'm going to put my notes on the internet on Facebook where you can get through, they can go through and meditate and look at these scriptures in a little more depth, okay? First of all, he says, come. That means take Take action, move. And we can't just do nothing, right? Proverbs 22.3 says that a prudent person foresees danger coming and he takes precautions. All right, are you taking precautions? What precautions are you doing? Are you taking? I'm not just talking about face masks, okay? I'm not just talking about social distancing. I'm talking about um, spiritual precautions, being with the Lord in the, in the secret place, finding a place of rest, finding a place of peace in who he is. It says the simple person goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Now, we don't want to do that. Secondly, he says, come my people. Wow, isn't that awesome? Do you realize that you belong to him, that he is your heavenly father, that you are a son or a daughter. You are royalty. We are his and he is ours. Remember it says the Song of Solomon, I am my beloved's and he is mine. Peter, the Apostle Peter reminds us that he says to give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. We've got to get that down into our hearts that God deeply cares about me, and that I don't need to feel abandoned or out here by myself and alone. I am not. I am in his hand. I am kept by him. So do you know who you belong to this morning? All right? Number three, he says, not only come my people, but he says, come into your chambers. Now, chambers, fancy word for bedroom, right? Okay? And we have both uh, this is kind of like a hiding place. We have both physical in our houses, uh, a bedroom that we can go into, but there's also a spiritual sense here. It's coming into a place where you're alone, where you're not distracted, where you're able to be close and intimate with God. All right? And while your home is a practical place of refuge, God himself really is your place. He's your real refuge. Psalm 32, 7 says, You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I'm almost ready to break out into that old chorus from the 80s about that song. I might do that. Not right now, but maybe down the road. So my question for you, where is your hiding place? Who is your hiding place? Is he a place where you run when you need refuge? 
Right, number four, he says, shut your doors. What does that mean? It means to we it means you've got to have boundaries that keep out the distractions and the threats and keep you in that place of focusing and abiding in the Lord. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your heavenly Father who is in secret, in the secret place, and says he'll reward you there. That's Matthew 6, verse 6. So how are you, what kind of boundaries are you putting into your life to protect your time with God, to protect your peace, protect your rest in the Lord? Very, very important. Number five, he says, and hide, he says, hide yourself as it were for a little moment until the indignation is passed. So let's look at hide for a sec. You know, it's not wrong to hide. It doesn't mean you're a coward if you hide. David and, and many people in the Bible, there were times when David hid from Saul, who was trying to kill him, King Saul. The psalmist says in Psalm 27, 5, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, which is like a big tent, right? In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. So are you finding a place to hide? Reminds me of blanket forts my kids and, and I used to make when, when they were little and stuff. But we've got to come into that place and hide, hide from the world and be with him. And he says we have to hide for a little moment, just a little moment, okay? That means that this pandemic or whatever crisis it is you're going through, it's temporary. It's going to go over us and be gone. And, you know, in two months maybe from now, we're going to be looking back on it and going, well, that wasn't so bad, hopefully, right? I love it what Peter again says. He says, you're kept by the power of God. In this you greatly rejoice. Though for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That's 1 Peter 1.6. Boy, can we relate to that, huh? So can you wait patiently in faith for a little while? Can you rest until this thing rolls by us? Very important. And then finally, number seven, um, we're waiting for this time of indignation to go by. This is an interesting word. This pandemic may be part of God's judgment. It's not real clear yet. It may be a result of man's actions. You know, like Pandora's box got open and the germs got out, right? It may also be an attack of Satan, our spiritual enemy. And it might be all three. It's not clear yet. But I love this verse in Isaiah 26, verse 9. Same chapter we started with, right? It says, when your judgments, God, are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. And so if it is the judgment of God, then we need to say, Lord, thank you for your judgments. Because they bring people to their knees. They shake them up so they can see that what they're standing on isn't going to hold them up. It's not going to last. It's temporary. And it causes people in there. It's causing right now thousands of people to fall to their knees and cry out to God. And hopefully there's some of you listening to me this morning that you need to do that. You need to humble yourself. You need to say, God, what I've been standing on isn't going to hold me up. And you need to surrender to him because he only is, is the Lord 
He is the only who is the God. And you cannot be your own God. It's not going to save you. Your life is not going to save you. You don't have righteousness that can save you. But he will and he longs to. All right, so what are we going to do with this, huh? Um, I talked to a young lady who uh, from uh, was in our church in Oregon a few years back when we were in Oregon. And uh, it was a dear friend. And she had a dream two weeks before the pandemic hit. And it's really amazing. Listen to this, okay? She said, I was in my home. Jesus entered carrying a large clock, which appeared to read 12 o'clock midnight. The Lord told me it was time to go to bed, specifically saying to me, it's time to rest. I argued with the Lord, telling him I wasn't tired, and I was confused as to why he was telling me I needed to rest, because I consider myself a well-rested person. The Lord kept insisting, and I kept resisting, until eventually he took me by the hand and put me to bed. Again, saying, it's time to rest. When I woke up, I told the Lord it was a strange dream and felt like he said that it was not just for me personally, but it was a corporate word for the body of Christ, for the church. That he was putting his church into a position of rest and that we needed a time to rest. We needed a season of rest. And then two weeks later, the COVID pandemic started, and she said, Aha, now I understand. I don't know about you, but it's been a battle for me because I have been so restless. Right? Not resting, restless. I less rest. And he is calling us to rest. I love what the message Bible says. Jesus says to us in a very personal way in Matthew 11. Verses 28 through 30. I want to read this from message again. He says to us, and just receive this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Wow. I can just soak in that right now. How about you? So as we close, we're going to take communion in just a moment, but I want to ask you, are you letting the Lord put you down to rest? Are you letting him enforce you to rest? Or are you resisting him and insisting to be in a place of anxiety and panic? Somehow thinking that that's going to make some kind of difference? How's that working for you? We need to give up. We need to surrender. We need to let him lay us on the bed and we need to rest in this time. It's only for a little while. On our Facebook page, I put um, a couple resources that I think will really, really help you in this area. 
One is uh, from Ann Voskamp's blog, and it's called Stay. It's by a guest speaker about learning to come and stay with Jesus. Uh, Max Lucado's blog, Surviving April. Oh, really, really good. He says, it's not the month we wanted, but it's the month we've been given. And he talks about how to navigate, how to get through this, this month that, that we're going through. And uh, also, I want to just remind you, that, uh, Calvary family, please let us know if you need prayer or support of any kind. If you need a visit, I'd be glad to come out and visit you or one of our leaders would be glad to do that. Um, also, people have been calling me yesterday. I got two calls. Want to know how do I give my tithe to the church, my offerings to the church? Um, two simple ways: we can mail it in, mail your check in if you write a check to thirteen forty five East Third Street in Alliance six nine three zero one Alliance, Nebraska. And then the other way is very easy. A lot of people are doing this now: it's text to give, and the number for text to give is three zero eight. 365-2494, and first time you call the number and you set up your account, and then at that point on you just text GIVE, and, and then they'll ask you how much and where you want it to go to. So I appreciate your support and faithfulness now. We have such an amazingly giving church, and uh, it's just fun to see how you guys are reaching out and caring for one another. So you're ready to come to the Lord's table with me? Richard, are you ready to do that? Okay, we're going to do that. We have elements over here. And Richard's going to come over and sit down and partake with me. I want to read real quickly from uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through uh, 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. you got to remember, he said this right before he went to the cross. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So Richard, let's take our elements. And if you're joining us uh, by video on Facebook or whatever today, um, just let's take your elements in hand and just lift up our piece of cracker or bread, whatever you have. And I want to pray. Lord God, I thank you for our family. I thank you, Lord, that we are part, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, of one loaf, we the members of the body of Christ. And we recognize, Lord, that we are part of you take care of your own. You care for your body, just like you call us to care for one another. So, Lord, we thank you for the gift of your life, the gift of your body for us. And, Lord, we just, uh, again, proclaim and declare that by your stripes we are healed. And we receive your healing. We receive your life into us. You tell us my body is true food. And so we just receive that now, Lord, and we thank you as we partake together. Jesus name. Go ahead and partake with us, okay? Thank you, Lord.
let's lift our cup up. And uh, I'm going to cue Richard in. I'm going to ask him to pray in a moment. So <laughs> he's an awesome guy, and I really thank you for being Cameron. He's an introvert, so don't expect much. But he's an awesome man of God. So, Lord, we thank you for this, this cup, and, and we just honor your blood, Jesus. And I ask that you would anoint it, that you would cause us to, uh, again, remember the forgiveness of sins and the cleansing flow of your blood that was shed for us. Richard, would you just ask something briefly? Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would guide us in this time. We pray that this sacrament would just help to keep our minds on you and off of the facts because they can kind of get us depressed and bummed out. So we just pray that you would help us to hold on to faith uh, in this coming time. Amen. In Jesus' name, let's partake together. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, be looking forward to another song from Brooke and me. And we, again, we want to challenge you guys who are willing to sing a little bit of a song. Step out in faith. Take some risk and put it on Facebook and for, all of, for the joy and the hope that we share. Have an awesome afternoon today. Look forward to Easter next week. Bye-bye.
Thank mm-hmm. you. 